Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast here with my friend and producer, Max Kerman. Hey, how's it going? Also here with our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. Hello. Uh, so let's get right into it, guys. Today on the show, we have Serena Ryder. Yeah, we uh, old, old friend of the band, actually. And uh, she was a delightful interview. She was great. We'll get to that in a bit. But there's a lot going on. Is anything in particular going on with you guys? I mean, we hung out this weekend, We Max. did. I didn't see you this weekend. Sure. There's a lot of stuff going no, on in sports. There's a lot of stuff weekend. going on in politics. But we should just talk about Halloween because uh, <laughs> that's what this show, I think, is truly about. Uh, Tomorrow is the real Halloween, yeah, correct? But everyone's celebrating it the weekend before, right? Adults. 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 Yeah. Adult Halloween, yeah. yeah. How old is too old to trick-or-treat? Mm, I don't know. My one neighbor, Alex Kelleher, has been trick like he, he as a grown man, he goes trick or treating, and people are always like looking because he just likes candy, and he's kind of a gregarious, funny guy. <laughs> I had and, a friend, Rob Escula, who did that also. Yeah, and know. so, but the parents are just like, "Where's the kid?" Like assuming that he's like the father. He's like a thirty-three-year-old man. Yeah. Uh, the and, kid's just around the corner. He's shy. <laughs> I uh, I went till I was fourteen. Okay, That's I th fair. I think that might be too old. Yeah, no, I, even then I felt old. Like if you're an older brother, though. You could act as a chaperone? True. I was not with my younger brother. <laughs> okay, I was just mind. out there trying to get some candy. 14 is too old? Is it? Yeah, I think if you've had a like a, a sexual encounter with <laughs> someone, <laughs> it's too old. <laughs> That's a good uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, have you like, That's French the line. kissed a girl? Or maybe more. Uh, let's cut that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you've gone to heavy petting, maybe you shouldn't yeah, be. Yeah. Uh, I could have gone until I was 19. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> that's, that's why you put the standard there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's the rule set here on the pod. Uh, lots has been going on, though. We haven't really recorded a, like a, a we had Ann on last yeah. week, but the three of us haven't really just shot the shit in a while. Yeah, well, let's get into it. Well, I, w I went to, I wanted to talk about this because it's something I did. I went to the uh, Toronto Raptors season opener. That's right. I am now a season ticket holder uh, with these three gentlemen that, you know, I kind of knew a couple of them a little bit. One of them I didn't know at all. And I just jumped in because somebody dropped out. So I'm now a one fourth season ticket holder. And uh, the night of the draft alone was awesome because I, I don't know if you guys ever like had season tickets or if you've done a fantasy draft. Yeah. You got like, you know, the 41 games you're going to pick between actually 40 because the one, all four of us go to the season opener oh, together. That's, that's the way you play nice. it, right? Uh, so that was like hilarious in and of itself. But anyway, long story long with these guys, uh, we end up going to the season opener together. We get some drinks before. It's really fun. And I'm sitting there with my brand new uh, best friends and we're having beers and a couple guys walk by and they look somewhat familiar uh, to me. Um, and the one guy nods at me and I'm going, how do I know this guy? Like I nod back. This kind of happens. Do you guys get this where it's like oh, someone okay. will, you know, and then you're kind of like, shit, should I know the name? How do I know that person you're trying to frame it? And he does look super familiar to me. And I'm like, our buddy Felix. I'm like, is that Felix's brother? Like, I partied with Felix's brother like a month ago, but I think he lives in Germany. Why would he be at a <laughs> Raptors game? <laughs> so I'm trying to rack my brain. And I'm like a couple of those big beers in. So then, like, timeout happens. Those guys leave again. They come in. Dude brings me a giant beer. He goes, hey, man, I just wanted to grab you a beer. The look on your guys' both face right now is like very confused. I'm like, well, I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm like, who are these guys? So I go, I, I say, I say, oh, thanks so much, man. And I, I like, I just kind of double down on the Felix thing. I'm like, very Felix esque of you to give me a free <laughs> beer. And then I'm like, no, I got to come clean because then halftime comes and we all go out together. And I, you know, the two guys come up and they're like, how you been? And I'm like, ah, good, man. I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to lie, dude. I'm like, are you related to Felix? He's like, absolutely not. And I'm like, I, I came, I'm so sorry. I, I know who you are, but I'm blank. And where'd I know you from? Amazing Gino. Race. Yep. Gino Montani from The Amazing Race. Like we shot them on set. Jesse uh, and Gino, these guys won The Amazing Race. They're yeah. Hamiltonians. Uh, and he's with another like guy from kind of our, our extended circle, Brandon Roshko. Yeah, that was going to be, I, I, knew, I knew it. 
<laughs> yeah. So so Shane like spent a whole weekend with these guys. Like I spent about like I shot like the commercial portion of this two minute doc that Shane did with them. So I spent maybe like an hour, two hours maybe with uh -huh. them tops. But we talked a lot about Hamilton, mutual friends. Uh, and then Shane spent the rest of like the weekend shooting them pretty much, right? Yeah. They were, well, it was, so it was just Gino. It was not Jesse. It was Gino and Brandon. And he was the nice, like he w went on about how much fun he had shooting with you and how they've shot all this stuff with other people. So and you think like, he would have bought me a beer if I was there? Definitely. And oh, I would have had to drink sweet. it because you're off the booth. See, you, you know what? You know, I've been in this situation before and... I was in. The, I was at that sort of fork in the road. I was like, you know, do you just keep on like pretending like you know who the person <laughs> is, or do you just say I had to come I clean? Come clean. And one time I was in a similar situation. It was at like an industry thing, and I was so close to going down the road of coming clean, and then I didn't. And then about ten minutes later, I finally pieced it together who this person was, and it was a very important person <laughs> that like he considers me kind of a close friend. Sure. And like we've emailed a lot, <laughs> and it's just like, and I'm so glad that I didn't that that I never gave up, you know, the secret. Yes. And so I from that incident, and, and just thinking of having said to him, "Man, just remind me who you are again." just like makes me so embarrassed. Yeah. And so my rule now is I'm just going to wait it out. I'm just going to keep asking questions, keep calling him man. Fake it till you make it. Well, well, it till okay, you make what, do you till you yeah. what do you do though if you're with uh, your girlfriend? Oh, I go, hey, this is Lauren. I just... And then, that's what I do. Yeah. And then that opens it up for yeah. them yeah. to say the name. But then it's always awkward because if it's a loud place, I'm leaning into the answer a little too obviously. <laughs> like, And then you go, Jesse. Yeah. yeah. Actually, Gino. But Gino, anyway, Gino. <laughs> really like and it ended up hanging out at halftime like with those two guys just like shooting the shit. Yeah, it was a fun night. That's sweet though, man. Well, good times. Uh, what else has been okay, going on? Okay, so uh, I got a frantic phone call from uh, our friend Dan. And he's usually the most like relaxed, easygoing guy ever and just excited about life. But he calls me on Thursday. He's like, I'm getting really stressed out because we haven't got our Halloween costumes together because we're going to this <laughs> private event on Saturday. And this is really stressing me out. We've been throwing around lots of ideas. None of them are good. We need to have something ready. So I said, all right, come over. We're going to do a brainstorm with your brother Greg and, and Dan. So um, the reason why I was so stressed is because if, if pod listeners remember, he met a girl at a Burgers Priest about a month ago. We're going to call her Ice Cream Sandwich. Uh, there was a whole story around it afterward. And so Ice Cream Sandwich and her gal pals have invited Dan and his dude pals to a Halloween party. And we've done our, our fair amount of like internet lurking. So we kind of have a sense of who they are. There's kind of rich Toronto pri private school girls <laughs> and a bunch of Hamilton boys from the wrong side of the tracks, you know, kind of get a little nervous. It's like, it's like costumes were the only thing you cooked up. This narrative's pretty, uh, pretty compelling. <laughs> it's true. So we're like, all right, we got to think of what. So we're throwing around lots of ideas like Backstreet Boys. You know, oh, that's a good one. Oh, not bad. Millennium era, obviously. But uh, I said, oh, what if we do competing pizza delivery guys? And your brother, Greg, who like, doesn't like to dress up and just like kind of likes to wear what he would normally wear anyway, like loves that idea. <laughs> so we get on the horn. Well, we text the nut who's going to be coming to this event too. And the nut says, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, the Debbie Downer, but this is going to be impossible to pull off, which was kind of crazy to me, given this is the guy who, who gets us into a poutine place at two in the morning. Like, <laughs> Do you think that was reverse psychology? Though? Oh, no. I think he just thought that because it was a Thursday night, we'd have mm -hmm. one day to pull it together, all these things. I was like, no, we're going to try so he puts out a call to his... Oh, and then in the text he says, and also due to my brand responsibilities, I need to be Pizza Pizza. There's no way I can go <laughs> as Pizza Hut or Little Caesars or anything else. Which is also great. It was the most nut text. So we got on the horn... Within about an hour, I put a, a note on on Facebook saying like, who knows anybody who works at these pizza places? 
I'm connected with Pizza Hut. I'm connected with Little Caesars. I'm connected with Domino's. Uh, and so we're like, we're good. We're good to go. So the Friday, Dan and I are driving around Hamilton, picking up these pizza outfits. And I told everybody, all the owners of these uh, establishments, that it was going to be me dressing up. You so, said Arkell's right. magic. So it's abuse of power. Kind uh, of totally yeah. abuse of power. <laughs> and by the way, I never pull the Arkell's card like for anything, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I know, you know, you want to be like owing favors to people. Uh, but I was like, for this, I got to do it. My, my friend's stressed out. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, we're going, Little Caesars giving us crazy bread and pizza, Domino's. They give you food as well? Giving us gift cards. Wow. Pizza Hut couriers from the Toronto office, a whole pack of like, the jacket, the hat, there's gift cards. So we're like, we're, we haven't spent a dollar on this. It's amazing. And, uh, but then we're like, oh yeah, Mike might be in Toronto. So I text you and then you were a little on the fence about it. Well, I knew I had to be in Hamilton for a birthday party and I didn't know what Danica's plan was. So I was like, I'm not committing to, to this pizza romp. Although I thought the costume was awesome. Yeah. And personally, last year, I bought a Star Trek The Next Generation uniform. That you thought you'd wear for years to come. Well, it wasn't cheap and I got it tailored so it fit perfectly. <laughs> so my plan is to wear that for the rest of my life yeah. at every Halloween. So now I'm torn because I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Does the outfit still fit? Well, I put on a couple, but <laughs> the outfit's torn. I got to get a re- <laughs> I got to get retailored. Anyway, I ended up talking with Danica, and she's like, "Well, she's like, no, go to the party." She's like, "I'm not. I'm chilling tonight." She's like, "But if you go, you have to do the pizza thing. Otherwise, like, what's the point for the photos? What you're going to be the guy in the Star Trek outfit?" Yeah. And so I was like, "All right, Max, I'm in." And this is this is kind of a real testament to you because this is like three hours before go time, and I go, <laughs> "I'm in, Max. Can you pull the trigger on a costume for me yeah, with like three hours it's to 4 go?" 4 p.m. on Saturday. So and like none of the corporate head offices. So I was like. So I was with my mom visiting my grandma. I was like, mom, on the way home, I was like, can we stop at the Pizza Nova around the corner? <laughs> so I go into the Pizza Nova. They don't know me from a hole in the wall. I'm like, hey, I'm trying to go as a Pizza Nova delivery guy. Can you help? And they're like, no, we don't have any clothes. I was like, do you have like any old hats, like anything that's like in the corner of the back? Like doesn't have to be new. doesn't matter. He's like, ah, no, you really don't want this stuff. This stuff's gross. Like, no. So then finally, I kind of just like linger around. I buy a slice of pizza just to show that I'm really committed. And then about 20 minutes later, he comes. I was like, do you want this? And it's a, a medium green Pizza Nova sweatshirt, yeah. crew neck, and a hat. Both of them are a little dirty, but we have time to throw them in the wash at my parents' house. And I was like, this is perfect, and it fit you perfectly. Yeah. So I rounded out the five. So we were so excited. Uh, so we, we get to Dan's uh, hotel. Well, on the way to the hotel, to yeah. Dan's hotel to meet you guys, I was like, oh, I need a pizza box. Because you'd said in the group message, like, hey, if everybody bring like a pizza box. So of I have your p- respective pizza. Yeah, so I have a Pizza yeah. Nova place, so I stop in. And the most expensive part of my costume was the $2.50 they charged me for, for the, the pizza empty box. box. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is great. All in all, we, we spent $2.50 on all the costumes. So we're, we're getting dressed up. We're taking pictures of each other. We go down to the lobby. People are taking photos of us. Everyone's out for uh, Halloween. So we're feeling like real superstars. So yeah. and we, and we've had a couple drinks. So we go into this party. It's like Ossington, cool neighborhood, really cool bar. And uh, nothing really happened at this event, but it was awesome to see Ice Cream Sandwich, who was looking very beautiful, dressed up as Elizabeth Hurley's character in Austin Powers. And uh, Dan, sort of awkwardly, because she's very shy, and Dan's sort of awkward and shy, they sort of danced around. You, you were observing this. Oh, I was, how, I was how loving describe, it all. Uh, the whole scene? Oh, it was great. Well, because the thing is that Ice Cream Sandwich sort of it, traditionally in the encounters has been very quiet, like you said, and yeah. shy. Mm-hmm. So to see her sort of let loose, but then Dan with his like nicely, perfectly fitted Domino's uh, <laughs> outfit. Know, outfit. Yeah, yeah, kind of like a nice little like a golf type shirt, Domino's thing. Yeah. He's carrying his pizza. And then I saw he lost his hat at some point yeah, so that he could make his curls. hair look good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it looked like 
like uh, to me that they were hitting it off. Yeah. So nothing really happened. We went. We all went home. We we thought it was a victorious night. Uh, Dan uh, invited ice cream sandwich. Another thing that's happening this week. She agreed. So uh, and her friends were also awesome. Her friends were sort of like the girl versions of us, as I said earlier. And Dan sending me a text the next day. Uh, let me just pull it up because it's funny. Yeah. We need we need closure. <laughs> we need closure on the night. Uh, unprompted, he wrote. I feel like I'm the happiest person in the world right now, just on cloud nine. <laughs> 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 and that, but that was, I was, who was I with? I was with Lauren. I was like, this is why I love Dan. Mm-hmm. Is that Dan, like, even if, like, she didn't talk to him the whole night, Dan still would have considered that evening a massive success because mm-hmm. we all got to hang out together, dress up as pizza guys, and dance the night away. I'm surprised, though. You're pretty good at coming up with good icebreakers. I'm just basing this on the ice cream sandwich. Sure icebreaker that you came up with a couple weeks ago on that pod but did you guys ever think to fill the boxes with pizza oh you would have been the biggest hit at this party i we did think about it but i I feel like people don't want to be eating pizza there's logistic issues at 10 30 p.m it's like sort of like half hot pizza no like you think drunk people have discerning no but i think everyone's not that drunk if it was 1 30 in the morning okay i think people so you did think about yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah i'll accept that answer yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) acceptable yeah Anyway, so happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. Okay, guys. Today on the show, we have Serena Williams. (laughs) (laughs) And then after her, we have Serena Ryder. Uh, So get ready. Serena Williams just had a baby. Uh, (laughs) She's married to the Reddit dude, I think. Yeah, we'll see when she's getting back into tennis. We talk about all of that. Uh, And then after that, we have Serena Ryder, uh, who is, uh, she has a, she's going on tour. She's out right now. That's right. She's out on the road right now as you're listening to this. So if you're in one of those cities, look it up, go. Uh, she was a delight. Yeah. She was so great. And an awesome uh, artiste. We're going to Instagram pictures that she drew of Mike and I. That's right. So we're in this interview, Max and I, and we're talking about all sorts of things. And it's always interesting. Like you said, she's a friend of yours. And uh, when you listen to two musicians sort of get into the, the process of writing music and releasing it and sort of the industry sort of things that you guys navigate. But then you sprung that I did not know was going to happen. Uh, yeah. You said, Serena, I heard a, I heard a tip that you uh, do freehand drawing, contour drawing, freehand contour drawing, where in that case, you don't look at your page. You just stare at the subject and draw. Yeah, you're, And your pen never, or your pencil never leaves mm-hmm. the sheet. That's right. Yeah, and she looked like a blind person kind of drawing. Yeah, yeah you sell the snaps, right? Yeah. yeah. So I was surprised, and you were like, do you mind doing one of us? Manager Ash said, you should try, you should do it. That was her idea. Yeah. It worked out great. So we'll post pictures of those. Uh, in the meantime, like we said, Serena Ryder is out on tour. So uh, check her out. She's and Serena great. Williams is a new mom. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Big shouts to all the Serenas out there doing good things. <laughs> Want to get, get, get to it? it? Let's get to it. Grab the mic. We're, we're just rolling mic on this Mic check. <laughs> Talking about the cottage. I was just telling her the story about Kitabala because that's oh, yeah. where the cottage was near. Oh, nice. And how we do the thing at Jay's cottage every year. Yeah, we have like the a, one rich friend with a sweet cottage up I there. I want to come for that. <laughs> it's awesome. We like, rent a school bus. I want to come up for that. Colin and I should come up for that. You Drake should. on the school bus. Yeah, our for one, one friend Julian, a Hamilton guy, he gets kicked out. Uh, five years running. He'll always get kicked He's out of the show. Out. He takes his of shirt off. He takes yeah. his shirt off and then... Then the bouncer says, One, two. put your shirt back on. And then he puts it on his head. Like that. <laughs> That's awesome. He does a whole bit. And then they kind of carry him out. And then he, he's leaving. He'll, I can usually see him from the, from the stage. He waves like he's the queen. smiling. He's waving like the queen. And he oh happily my. gets kicked That's out. That's amazing. Five yeah. years running. Oh, yeah. That is phenomenal. Yeah, that a, needs to be a, caught on tape. A badge of honor. Yeah. We have a photo. I'll show you after this podcast of him getting dragged off of a stage doing the, the flexing oh, thing. And nice. People love it. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I love it. 
So thanks for doing this with thanks us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, you just came right from Strombo. I did. You were just, you were just singing. And I was just singing. Doing your thing. Performing, doing a little bit of interviews directly from the cottage. I'm sorry to break up your cottage vacation. Or was, it, <laughs> was it timed for this anyway? No, it was. we had five days. We were good. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. beautiful. I was like... Ready to get back to the city? Absolutely. Were you guys writing songs up there every day? No, we weren't writing. We weren't writing songs, but I was. I was playing. I was learning how to play. What's love got to do with it? Oh, Oh, Tina Turner. Yeah. Nice. Are you going to cover that one? I did. Oh, the Strombo thing. Oh, sick. Yeah. All right. So he said, "Choose a cover that you've never played before," and Colin was like, "The song," and I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's it's a hard." Did you slow it right down? Uh. A little bit. Right. Because you can't really do it as fast as it, it is on the recording. Yeah. And I played it a bit differently, but the modulation really... The, the, some of the up. old, like the 80s, 70s, 80s R&B, like, because we tried to learn, uh, what's a Whitney Houston song? Um, I Want to Dance with Somebody? Yeah. And then it gets... It gets Tricky. Yeah. In a way that you wouldn't predict. Yeah. yeah. I know. You think, oh, it's just a simple, like, 80s song. It's <laughs> yeah. no, 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 The, uh... Yeah, I only ask because about the songwriting is because Colin we're talking about for our listeners we're talking about Colin from the Trues and yeah, because um, he seems to write every day like, yeah. or and you, you do have that sort of regimen? No, not at all. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I'm like the lazy one in the relationship. Okay, yeah. like yeah, he he has like a regimented kind of like he writes and writes and writes and writes. But I mean, I do it when I'm on. A cycle, like sure. the correct. I just released my record three months ago. So, so you're like, like, I don't need to do that. I'm like, I'm gonna chill for a little bit, but, <laughs> um, but usually when I'm writing, I do write every day. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about releasing the record a few months ago. Like, do you enjoy the process of recording? Because a lot of artists kind of, I love it. You do. I love it because I do it in the most simple way possible, which is while I'm writing the song, the the person that I'm writing with will start making beats and producing stuff, and then by the time I'm finished the song, I sing it. Uh, and I record it right there if it's in a living room, if it's in a studio, if it's wherever. Just make sure I have a good mic. And I record it so there's the energy of when I wrote the song is right there. And then it's like instant gratification for me. It's amazing. Like I, I love that, right? But those like, are the tracks that go out? Those yeah, ones that go on the record? Those are the ones that go on the record. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because the, the process of sitting on a shitty sounding demo that you're excited to record is just get so long-winded. Right. And or, you're just like, can I just finish yeah, it already? Please. Yeah, because yeah, you're so excited about the song, but then it'll either get old or you'll have a demo that sounds so good, but you didn't record it properly. Uh, and you properly get, in quotes. Properly in quotes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And then, you know, you'll never love it like you loved it when it was originally done because there's that energy of like, you know, when it's conceived. We just did a tune the last couple of days and we just like sent around a uh, track with just my vocal on a piano, but at the right tempo. And we're like, let's just go do it right now. Mm-hmm. And everybody had been sitting with the tune, getting a feel for, and we talked a lot about like the direction it might go. Right. And now it's done and it's awesome. And then uh, like, I'm just like, listen to it all day today. And it's just like, it's so refreshing. So you re- recorded it just you and piano. Yeah. Like Anthony put the piano part, I sang over it. And then, the guys, we circulated it. Yeah, everyone put it. their parts on. Yeah, and it was good, and I got out of the way for it, too. I was like, I, everyone knows what each other likes and is mindful right. of that. But I didn't have to, like, hover over Nick as he's playing the bass. I was like, yeah, like I'm going to go for a walk. That's awesome. We were on Queen West, and then I came back, and the bass sounded amazing. I was like, right, who's so next? Awesome. It was really fun. Yeah. Because like, the- right? when you're younger, figuring out how to record is very confusing. 
But I think the older we get, the more exp- you figure, oh no, I, this is what I like about recording. This yeah. is the best way to go about it. You for become me a personally. recording artist. Some Yay. would say. That's why the name exists. You know, you really become a pro at it. Well, you know, it's interesting you're talking about sort of a very band mentality. For you, you know, you're the right. boss, Applesauce. It's your namesake. Right. Does everything sort of come down to you and or how collaborative are you with you know I'm totally collaborative like I'm I'm you know first and foremost like a writer you know a singer writer mel- I do melodies top lines writing and like little simple melodies on like piano and guitar so when it comes to the music that's being put behind I usually find somebody that I love what they do the sounds that they make for me it's all about the drum sound yeah, it's all about the drums and it's all about the beat first because that makes me excited and makes me want to want to move, want to move and yeah. shake and stuff. And that's like the most important thing. If I have a really good drummer who's like great at playing the drums or programming or whatever, I'm totally set. Someone who can be at the computer and program stuff, and they'll just be like, "Can you make it sound more like, like or whatever?" Make stupid noises. <laughs> yeah. and they're like, "Yeah, like." You know, I'm not I'm not a technically versed musician. I don't even know the names of the chord, drummer, chords though. I play. I can play the drums. Yeah, Colin, can, Colin was saying you're a good. Drummer. I can play the drums yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I um, mean, well, do you have like the same go-to people though, from like you know record to record during the process, or is it more just like oh, I'm working with this person now, or this I'll, person will play bass on this track, but it changes? Right. right. I like to keep it fresh. Yeah. Um, um, because it takes me away from how I would normally write, like. You know, I don't want to recreate the same thing over and over and over again, Right. which is really lucky for me that I am a solo musician. So I can like kind of get out of a box by getting into somebody else's box. Yep. Do you know what I'm saying? Which is super exciting. You can play fun. the field. Yeah. This guy's in a long-term marriage over here. I know. But you know, to that point, we deliberately have gone to different producers exactly. and different editors and stuff like that. That's Because you, you know... You have a sense of what it will sound like. Oh, I know. I have a vibe. If we work with this guy, it's gonna kind of turn on that direction. Exactly. So it's nice to be able to. And that's why I've always been envious of pop acts. You know, because they get to have fun with everybody. Right. Like, and that's sort of expected almost. Right. Right. So, that you're gonna work with different people. Yeah. Do a bunch of different tracks, and it's like, because uh, before my last record, not this record, but the record before, I'd always done it right. A bunch of songs, pick all of the songs, hire get hire a producer, one guy who hires a band, an entire band, and then they all learn it, and it's all like takes like three weeks to like get the songs down and record them and stuff, and you know, I, I don't know, I love the I love the freedom of just being able to go work with. Well, to that point, because there was this jump with the last record, yeah, and you felt it, and it kind of went from um, that sort of more traditional when you think about your older work, yeah, more traditional mold of like, okay, we're going to go away for a month and make a record with one producer in that yeah. very conventional rock and roll thing. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then on the last record, I was like, oh, like you, there's a, there's a freshness to it. Yeah. Which, and I think for, you know, for our Kells, I was like, I don't want to, like, I don't even like the studio being holed up for a month in one place with one guy. No. It's like, you kind of lose perspective and the songs like, are we repeating ourselves? But it's like, yeah. if you're able to just kind of, piecemeal it together a little bit there's something yeah. exciting about that something super exciting yeah. yeah and that's what I've discovered like I love that freshness and if you get somebody that you love working with or even you guys to do it like work with like six or seven different people and just like you know be like okay we're gonna record one song with you today in yeah. like three days we're gonna record one song with this person it's like yeah. It makes it exciting. Yeah. I love it. Well, speaking of working with people, you've co-written a bunch with Simon Wilcox. That's right. Yeah. What is it that makes her sort of an ideal collaborator for you? 
she's one of my best friends on the planet and I love hanging out with her and and mm. you know we hung out with each other and totally fell in love with each other before we started working with each other we were just oh, so like, friendship came before a, the, the friendship came before um and you know I've obviously been a big fan of her writing and and her as an artist um and she was a fan of mine and we were always kind of scared to work with each other because we were like, what if this sucks? And what yeah. if we like... What if it tears us apart? What if it tears us apart? Because it can be like a really intense sure. thing to do, right? When yeah. you're writing with someone, be like, ah, like, yeah. you know, that Well, for our listeners, for reference, Simon Wilcox is sort of one of the go-to lyric writers and lyric and melody writers yeah, for a she, lot of pop. And like, she's like she a, wrote or co-wrote one of my favorite Nick Jonas songs. Still get jealous. She, she wrote, You're too sexy, beautiful. Like that song is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And, oh yeah, we got to cut that out, right? No, no. Oh no, you're fine. Yeah, let him sue us. <laughs> <laughs> well, why would we cut it out? Oh, we don't have the rights. Oh. <laughs> now we're leaving it in. Yeah, totally. It's just a little podcast. Yeah, uh, she's written so many songs with so many amazing people. Like, so she so gets she flown out to like she gets flown out to like Enrique Iglesias's like home in the Bahamas just to like be there for two days to like write because she's brilliant. Like she's so much. Have you ever worked with no. her before? So she's, explain like walk us through so a song that you wrote with her and like give us a song exploder style like analysis of like where lyrical ideas came from or what the conversations were that right. stemmed it's ideas. very very organic for her she's really really intuitive really really empathic it's like when she walks into a room with somebody she just kind of like morphs into what they're all about like, oh, wow. and and she's so intuitive that she, she ends up saying stuff that you're like ah, that, that's my soul. You're speaking, like, you're putting that into words. You're articulating. You know, Mike does that for me in conversations. <laughs> if I'm stuck on a word and we're having a great, I'm like, Mike, what, do I, what am I meaning to say? And, and she's so much fun. It. And she's really, really humble about it, too. Like, you know, I've been in so many sessions where it's such a pain in the ass. Like, you're sitting there with somebody who's just like, this is what I do. And, like, I know this is the best way to do this. And blah, it's like, going to be like, more universal. Yeah. You know, you got to something be, that. What are you uh, trying to say? Who are you? Tell me who you are. Yeah. And I'm like, I've been in sessions like that where I just want to rip their faces uh, off, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, oh, absolutely. But she's just a joy to work with. Well, well, you know, it's interesting you say some of these collaborations that don't work. And you've been writing music since you were very young. Yeah. Did you find it hard once you started going into the sort of the world of co-writes when you're yeah. the sole voice? I hated it. That's what I was going to say. So what yeah. was that adjustment like for you? I hated it at first because um, I always just wrote by myself. And when I, I started doing co-writes because the label wanted me to do co-writes. And that's a thing that happens. What's you that know? conversation like though? Are you part of you kind of like, like how do you take that from the label saying do co-writes? insulted? Um, I wasn't insulted because I knew that that's just something that happened. I was it's also part of the industry. It's a part of what happens, sure. you know? Um, but I was definitely not into it. Um, because you're chasing something. It's like when the label hires someone for you to co-write with sometimes, especially as a new artist, they have this idea of who you should be, but they don't really know what it is until they hear it. So they're like, I just want you to write a hit. So write a hit for this girl. Make it up tempo and write and it undeniable. And un yeah, exactly. It's so broad, and you it's know? like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> Why don't you just do it. I'll and then there's it if you want. And there's all that. Yeah, exactly. And there's all that pressure behind it. And you know, I was like 23, 4 years old, going into writing sessions where normally I'm like in my living room or like in my washroom because the acoustics are good, just like, yeah. you know, bearing my soul, but like going and having a conversation with somebody you've never met before and being like, and they're like, okay, so who are you? What do you stand for? It's like, 
I'm not telling you. So was there a breakthrough <laughs> moment though with a co-writer where you're like, oh, this is actually, I get it. No. Yeah, I actually had, um, on my, uh, on my la- second last record, Harmony, I had an amazing time uh, writing with uh, Jared Bettis, who is like just an amazing drummer. Like, like I said, this is how I kind of discovered what I love doing in writing. It's yeah. like, he was such a great drummer, such a, made such great drum sounds and made, made such great tracks, which I'd never done writing to before either. Um, that it was this kind of freedom where I had the freedom to come up with the lyrics and the melody and like write the guitar parts and the music was created around me. So there wasn't that kind of pressure to have to articulate, well, this is what I mean by this lyric. And, you know, I feel like there's so much in music that, that needs for me to be sac- sacred, secret. Things that mean things to me that, you know, people's like, what's this song about? And it's like, well, it's about whatever you think it's about, you know? Why do I have to share my inner thoughts with you? I've already shared the song. (laughs) It's interesting. You hear, you know, directors and and writers talk about that a lot where it's like the artist can take from it what they want. Yeah. You know, but then it does mean something to you. There is a sort of literal meaning or what it does mean to you, but you don't come from the school of, I'm not going to share that. It's like, it's whatever you get out of that song. Yeah. Yeah. Unless there's like completely obvious. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm a very simple Simple writer. I write really simple melodies. I write really simple lyrics. Um, you know, and it's all there. You know, when I'm writing it, yeah. it's all there. Well, so a song, you know, Stampa is this huge sort of breakthrough song for right. you. And a song like that, I think, you know, <laughs> it's like when you have a hit like that, you can have a sense of security in the idea that it's like, oh man, I, you know, I can tour on this for a long time. Did you know in the moment, like, shit, like we got one? Not at all. I wrote it and that was the second song that I wrote with Jared. Bettis and I was just playing around like I was joking around I was like what is stomping your feet I was like what am I even talking about this is cool you know whatever but I I was when I finished it I was like this is really cool but I wonder who it's for Uh I didn't know Mm. if I would even be the person singing it oh cool yeah and then I just fell in love with it I was like this is so much fun because it's light and it's it's still rock though you know which is cool yeah yeah and I love I love the you know, the message of the song where, you know, it really is as simple sometimes as as listening to music and singing and moving around that just like moves you out of these like dark circles in your head. You know, the world is a really screwed up place and yeah. music can really take you out of that. Just yeah, being around, around other people, using your body just to like even walking around and yeah. having conversations that opens your mind yeah. as opposed to being in a bathroom by yourself with the good acoustics. Exactly. It can be nice too. It can be when, nice. But when you've reached the end of that road, you're like, all right, I gotta go talk to somebody. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's one of the things we do here at Bell is um, let's talk. Right. And you've been a participant in that and you've talked about your own struggles. For sure. The decision to sort of talk about that in a public forum, was that a difficult choice to make? And since you've sort of decided to, like how have you found, you know, the benefits or maybe even and mm-hmm. not so much? I found that it was the idea of speaking about it wasn't difficult. I was like, yeah, of course I'm going to talk about this because I was so sideswiped. My life was so sideswiped from this really, really severe depression I went through like six years ago or seven years ago that I was like, I didn't know what was happening. And I, and people talk about depression in a very clinical kind of a way where it's not this reality. And, and if you haven't experienced it yourself, you think that you're going insane, you know? And for me, the, the worst part of it was that I 
literally didn't think anyone felt the same way. Mm. I was like, there's no way other people know how this feels. And when I found out that other people did know how this feels, and it's actually a serious thing. It's, you know, it's something that happens to your brain chemistry. Um, knowing that you're not alone is the most important thing. And so that was my impetus. Is that yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Word to like, to let other people, to let know. Other people know, hey, this has happened to me too, you well, know? Because the isolation ends up feeding into it all. You exactly. know what I mean? Because you think you are. And yeah. then once you realize, oh, other people are struggling with things too. Exactly. It lifts a little bit of the weight. Exactly. So you're going on the road uh, yeah. for Utopia. Yeah. I guess like sort of staying in that realm. Are there things that you sort of do to stay, you know, healthy on the road? Or like, you know, do you feel like you have touring down now? Do you like being on the road? Yeah, I love touring so much, um, especially if I'm on a tour bus. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, sister. You know what I mean? Oh, it's like, it's the best. Like, fly-in, fly-out dates are, like, so taxing. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, going to different hotels and stuff like that. It's like, if you have, I don't need much. I just want my little bunk. You know, just give me like a little Wi-Fi, my little bunk, my little Wi-Fi mm -hmm. and like the people that I love around me and, you know, some snacks. And I'm yeah. good. <laughs> um, I love touring. And to get back to your question, like being healthy on the road for me, it's it's pretty easy as long as I, you know, like I like to drink and go out and party with my friends and stuff. But if I have a few shows in a row, I don't go have a big night. Mm -hmm. If I know I have a, a day off. Sure, let's go to the bar and hang out and whatever. I have the next day off to rest. Um, rest is the most important thing, as you know, for your voice. Yeah, that's like, I don't know how to properly sing, but if anybody asks me, I'm just like, I don't know, just try to get eight or nine hours and don't exactly. boost too hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like literally, it's true. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's it yeah. for me too. It's yeah. like, get at least eight hours of sleep. But like touring and traveling and stuff, it's like 10 is even better. Yeah. You know, you know we can do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like musicians can sleep. Yeah. Um, and also meditating really helps me a lot. I have just these little, like, I have this app. My Headspace? Fi different five. I have Headspace as yeah. well. Um, I've downloaded that, but I have not used it yet. Yeah, you I, swear by yeah, it. It's good. Yeah, it's super, super good. When did you get into meditation? Um, I got into meditation, oh gosh, when I was like 18 years old. Oh, so you've been yeah. doing this. Yeah, wow. for sure. Um, and I took um, this course on, on meditation. It was an um, eight-week course. 12-week course um, that John Kabat-Zinn kind of started. Okay. Um, and then I have his app too, which is amazing. Oh, interesting. Um, and yeah, but it's it's easy enough where it's like, you don't have to like sit and meditate for like hours every day. It's like, I have five-minute clips that I can listen to where it's like, oh, I need just five minutes right now. Yeah. You know? And whenever too, it doesn't need to be scheduled. It's like, I feel kind of like, out of it a little bit. It's just such a weird job where you're like, it is, you know, in front of so many people and talking about yourself and they're looking at you like there's something more special about you uh, than anyone else. And you're like, no, there isn't <laughs> at all. I just happen to be able to sing. Some people know? are good at fixing roofs and then I'm not. Exactly. But I, but I like to be the center of attention occasionally. I was just yeah. thinking about that the other day where it was like, you know, there's people that spend their lives honing their craft and it's like, this happens to be mine, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I wish that I could do so many normal <laughs> human being things. It's like, and I can't, I'm so bad and at I it. can't. It's a fun career though, yeah. it would seem. Uh, of course. Well, it is such an unconventional career and I think one that's very difficult to be successful in. Yeah, Were there, there times where you were like, I don't think this is going to happen and was there an alternative path or were you like, 
and I'm sticking with this until we make it. There's definitely been times where I've thought it's not going to happen, but it's all been based on other people telling me how I was doing. Interesting. Uh. So as long as I don't listen to other people's perspectives of how successful I am or not, then I'm pretty good. Um, but yeah, no, there's nothing else for me. So I would be totally screwed. <laughs> like if I wasn't able to do this anymore. Yeah, no. Well, we were, you know, doing research and re- reading interviews and oh, did a little brief wiki look. Yeah. And you've been obviously singing since you were a kid and yeah. all that. Uh, but your dad, is he Trinidadian? My biological father is from Trinidad. Okay. And I believe he was of Spanish descent. Okay. Do you yeah. know him? Uh, no, he passed away when oh, I was like okay. 12, but I, I never met him. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you grew up with your mother and stepfather. Yes. But he's musical, your biological father. My biological father was in a band called the Tradewinds from Trinidad, and they had pretty big hits like really? in the islands wow. back then. Was it like island music? Yeah, it was, it was totally like, you get on top. That's the way it must be. <laughs> like a honeymoon in couple... <laughs> Da, 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 da. It's like totally like, yeah, it's there. So do you think that's where the uh, the, the DNA is? The musical genes. Yeah. Well, there was the, there was from my dad. My mom was a backup singer and a go-go dancer. Okay, I didn't. That wasn't on the Wikipedia when page, she was young. Um, she toured across Canada. She she was um, she is amazing. So you come from artistic um, people. Yeah, right. yeah. And my um, my uncle, he passed away. Um, years and years and years ago, but he was a brilliant musician named Bob Carpenter um, uh, from out West. And he wrote unbelievable music. He has this album that was never released. It was shelved and he's got the most amazing voice. He's like, um, what's his name? Uh, Yusuf Islam. What's his name? Oh, uh, Cat Stevens. Stevens. Um, he sounds like him except like lower and raspier and like his lyrics are like mind-blowingly amazing. Bob Carpenter um, wrote songs for like Tom Rush and like so many people covered his stuff. Yeah, it's it's there. It's in the blood. In the blood. Very cool. Uh, We probably got to go in a second. Yeah, got to write it Ash, Ash, our manager, you know, Ashley Potter. Yeah. She uh, says you're an amazing portrait artist. Oh, so can you do one of uh, us? Sure, yeah, okay. I can for what sure. The? Oh, but I, wow. I, I do like blind contour. What does that mean? So I don't look at the page. So it looks the face and just I don't freehand. I draw it freehand. Okay. So there, it's not actually like. No, yeah, I want it. When, it's, it's like art. Good. <laughs> do you need a bigger surface, or are you okay? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I can take the computer from you. Okay. Oh, you got it. Sweet. Wow, this is exciting, listeners. Max, I like this. <laughs> I'm going to legitimize that this is not, she does not, Serena's not looking at what she's drawing. She is staring at Max's face. The most compelling kind of podcast is, oh, sorry, is an artist drawing somebody. <laughs> yeah, listen to us do art. <laughs> we'll, 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 do, we'll show this on Twitter or something, Instagram. <laughs> this is awesome. These look so amazing. And I guess just to wrap this interview up, thank you so much for your time. (laughs) My pleasure. Welcome to the dessert. We are here joined by our pop pop culture aficionado, Shane Christian Cunningham. Shane, what's up? I went to see 
one of these crazy Rocky Horror Picture <laughs> show screenings. Speaking uh, of Halloween, they, speaking of Halloween. Have you guys ever been to one of these? I've never been, but I've seen them. Like, I've seen videos of people, they get up and dance and sing all the songs, right? There, there's elements of that, but my mom was super excited to see it. My sister was super excited, so she, they bought me tickets. And uh, they came over to my house beforehand to have a bit of a pre-drink. <laughs> and uh, I actually ended up getting attacked that night. What? It was a strange night. And I was a, <laughs> I was a little worried about it from the get. The family came over to my place. Uh, when my mom entered, she looks exactly like Tim Curry's character. Like, <laughs> they went all out. And stepdad Brad is dressed as the hunchback character from the film. And my sister is Janet from the film. People who know Is that the movie. Susan Sarandon character? It is. Okay. Yeah. And I think they did pre-drinking before the, the, the pre-drink at my place. So they're, they're feeling pretty loose. It's hard not to drink at your place because your place is so, like, uh, collegial. It feels like I'm at a pub when I'm at your place. So, like, you, yeah. you want to get into it. Yeah, it's uh, we have a fun, laid-back atmosphere 100%. at our place. I have a ping-pong table. I have a uh, shuffleboard table, as I mentioned. And I have a, a full bar for people that, that are welcome to use if, if they want when they come over, Because especially when I'm not drinking. So we're playing shuffleboard, whatever. Some people want some shots. I'm giving out shots. I'm handing out Coors lights. Everyone's having a good time. Then we start walking to the theater. And the theater is within a three-minute walk to my place. It's called Zoetic Theater. You know, I had a little inkling there was going to be some trouble off the beginning because my mom wanted to, like, take a roadie and, like, carry <laughs> walk the beer. She insisted on having a beer from the walk from my house to the theater. I'm like, okay, so we start walking. All you the, and Alex aren't drinking, obviously. No, Alex we're not drinking. Yeah. She's pregnant. I'm not drinking in solidarity. And uh, all of a sudden, my mom's gone. We've lost my mom. Oh, and no. we look back. We can't find her. And she's found another group with someone dressed as Janet and someone dressed as the Hunchback. <laughs> and she thinks that is my sister and her husband's stepdad, Brad. So I'm like, what? And then, then these people are like, uh, your mom's here. Your mom's here. Kind of like shouting over like my mom's like lost. We get her over, get in the theater. It's amazing. Every single person is dressed up. Literally, I'm the only person not in uh, one of the outfits. Before the movie starts, Alex kind of is like, you know uh, that Janet, the Susan Sarandon character, they're going to yell out slut every time she appears on the screen. And I'm like, I really don't think they're going to do that. In, in lieu of the Harvey Weinstein thing, it's kind of a new era. I really couldn't picture people screaming slut at the screen. And I'm like, whatever they do, I'm certainly not going to do that. You know, I'm a new man, right? Yeah. So sure enough, Susan Sarandon's character comes on the screen. And everyone's like, slut, you f***ing slut. Everyone's screaming. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And then my, my stepdad, Brad, he doesn't know <laughs> that, that these are planned things. People are supposed to yell at at certain times. So the narrator comes on the screen, and when the narrator comes on the screen, you're supposed to boo. So everyone goes, boo. So stepdad Brad looks around. He goes, you're a cocksucker. You're a <laughs> cocksucker. And the audience is like, <laughs> you're not really supposed to yell that out during that part. So he's yelling out inappropriate things the entire time. And he's getting, like, really drunk at this point. So he walks out randomly, bumps everyone in the row, gets popcorn. And there's a scene where you throw, like, toast yeah. At the screen, like that's one of the classic things you do. And Brad's like chucking popcorn at everybody and just anything you're supposed to do. He's taking this too far. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, 
you know, I'm going to ha- like Brad is very small. He's like five, six, maybe 130 pounds. <laughs> I'm like, there's going to be a fight and I'm going to have to protect my stepdad. Yeah. Like stepdad Brad, he's a very sweet, innocent guy. He's just getting caught up in, in his the- mind. He thinks he's just playing along. Exactly. So then a guy comes out with a uh, a spear and it looks kind of like a giant fork. And then stepdad Brad's like, fork off, you forking forker. <laughs> and then it's just dead quiet for, for Brad. So I liked it. Yeah, yeah. It, it works in this room. Anyway, I'm in a total state of fear the entire film. I'm dead sober. And these everyone else is very drunk too, yelling out all these inappropriate things. So we get out of the theater unharmed. Yeah, that's an interesting thing to think about is that you and Alex are dead sober mm-hmm. and surrounded by madness. So you're seeing everything as it is in real time, whereas when you're drunk, you're just... Yeah, well, and I understand it. Like, if you're drunk, confused, you don't know that people yell out. I understand stepdad Brad being kind of silly. And it was kind of funny at the very end. Like, like I haven't seen the film, but I know Tim Curry's character is uh, a man dressed as a woman. Yeah. But at the end, Brad had a realization that that was the case. And he's like, <laughs> oh, man. He's like, that's a man. <laughs> he's like, wow, this changes everything. <laughs> and he's just, he's being really hilarious and lovable. So at the end, they need a taxi to go home. So I'm like, I'll get you guys an Uber. Go home. Because you guys are like really drunk. Call the Uber or dial it up. And it's going to be 10 minutes. And I'm like, uh-oh, okay, I kind of have to entertain them for 10 more minutes. And then stepdad Brad walks over to me, and he goes, when my biological son was young, I kicked his ass. Now it's time to kick my stepson's ass. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what to do, so I just kind of laugh. Like, I really laugh hard because I'm very uncomfortable with that, and I think it's funny. <laughs> but he's like— By the way, we're laughing. Like, we know— for our listeners, we know Brad. Like As this any, benevolent, sort of harmless. Like little dude. He's the most lovable man ever. So this is super disarming for me. Yes, it's all very like, strange, I love yeah. stepdad Brad, and he's a very kind soul, typically. And so, <laughs> so he starts pushing me, and I don't know what to do. And I'm like, ah, stop it, Brad. He's like, what? You scared of me? You scared of me? I'm like, no, I'm not scared of you. And then he goes to like under, like he kind of grabs me in my ball area, but like, hooks me and starts lifting me off the ground. Like he tries a wrestling move on And he's really strong. I'm oh. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then he's like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> he's just the mood of wrestling. <laughs> no, Shane, you think, you think I'd hurt you? You think I would hurt you? And he's kind of pushing me. He's like, if, you, if I was your height, look at how tall you are. If I was your height, I would kick everybody's ass from here to Northfolk County or something. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very, like, Hamilton reference. He, you know, he grew up in, yeah. like, the country. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, just just don't do it. He goes, I wouldn't hit you. You think I'd hit you? I'm like, yes. He goes, you scared? I go, yes, I am. And then all of a sudden, my mom gets up and pushes him. And I'm like, whoa. And then he kind of just like, he comes over to me and he goes, I really shouldn't drink. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Uber comes and my mom grabs him like kind of like a police officer. She's like, get in the f- car. And then just pushes him all the way to the, to the Uber and then just bitched him out the entire ride home. like As she should. Yeah. And that was it. (laughs) I wonder what that did for your Uber rating. That's it. That's all. That's our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at MikeOnMuch. Please leave a comment and rating in iTunes. It really helps the show grow. If you dig the show, tell a friend because we could use more of you. A huge thank you to Jenna Gregory and Tara Paquette for putting the art together. 
Webmaster Dan, Justin Stockman, Greg Stewart, the whole gang here at Bell Media. The Mike and Much Podcast is produced by Max Kerman. I'm your host, Mike Veerman. Happy Halloween, and see you next week if we don't die on the weekend. <laughs>